I'm back from vacation. Thanks to Jeff Diamond for holding down the show last week. We are going to get into Kirk Cousins, the Bears, the Lions, Dalvin Cook, uh, Zadarius Smith, all kinds of Vikings issues here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, White Bear Lake Superstore.com. And thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. So what does it mean Kirk Cousins was willing to rework his deal in a way that helped the team with the salary cap, but they did not get an extension for him done, Jeff. Is that worrisome? Is that just business as usual? What do you, how do you read it? I think it's a little problematic, honestly, Jim. And I thought that they would get an extension done with, with Cousins early in before free agency in order to free up a lot of money. Now, they, they had the, the vehicle – where they were able to con- convert his his base salary for this year and roster bonus in, into a signing bonus, and that saved sixteen million dollars. But he still is sitting there with going going into the last year of his contract, which, as I said, is a problem because <laughs> obviously you don't want your starting quarterback to be a free agent next year, or else have to franchise him at at a enormous amount of money. So. I think it tells me that, first of all, the quarterback market is making it difficult to do this extension. And because I, I do believe that that Quasi Adolfo Menza, the GM, and, and Kevin O'Connell, the coach, do believe that Cousins is a top 10 to 12 quarterback. I think their key question, which Quasi kind of alluded to last year, is he a Super Bowl quarterback? And perhaps he is with more time to work with O'Connell and Jefferson and Hawkinson and his offensive line gets better because they have five guys that are all drafted in the first two rounds. They don't have Adam Thielen anymore. They've added uh, Powell, a, a wide receiver from the Rams. I think there's a good shot that th- they may draft a guy fairly early. KJ Osborne's a good player, but you still need three in this offense. And I don't know if they feel like Jalen Rager or Jalen Naylor are ready to step up to that third spot. <clears throat> so I wouldn't be surprised if, <clears throat> if they do draft a, a receiver <clears throat> in either the first or the third round. But <clears throat> obviously there are greater needs, especially at, at cornerback, <clears throat> even, even if Byron Murphy has helped that situation a little bit for temporarily. So, yeah, I think it's really <clears throat> kind of a fascinating thing to keep an eye on which is Cousins' extension. And to me, I think the big problem, Jim, was Daniel Jones' contract. When he came in at $40 million a year for a guy that had one winning season and four, had a 12-25 a, a and 25 record his first three years. Now, he did have a, a good year last year. He had the playoff win over the Vikings. We, we understand all that. But if, if, if we're Kirk Cousins and his agent, we're saying, hey, I've done more in my career than he has. I'm a four-time Pro Bowler. I have a playoff win in New Orleans a couple of years ago. And so I think the Daniel Jones contract really raised the price of poker for Cousins. And now he's saying, hey, I should be making 
40 plus million a year. And also, I think the quarterback market is going to be reset this year when Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurst get their deals done on their extensions. And those are going to happen this year. So all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers at 50 million a year may be not the highest paid quarterback anymore, and the market is increasing. The salary cap's going up 20 million a year as the TV money goes up, 20 million or more a year. And so if you're Kirk Cousins' agent, you're probably saying, okay, we'll kind of sit back, we'll do your little restructure, and we'll sit back here for a while and see what happens with these other contracts. But that also creates a trigger point for the Vikings with the draft coming up next month. <clears throat> and if they're sitting at number 23, they don't really have the firepower to move up. But if they're at number 23 and one of these top four or five quarterbacks in a good quarterback class is, is available, do the Vikings then pick a quarterback in the first round <laughs> as happened back in the seventies when I, when I first started with the Vikings and, and, we drafted Tommy Kramer in the first round in 1978. Fran Tarkin was still there. And a year later, Fran Tarkin retired. Now, I don't think Cousins is going to retire, but he could be traded perhaps at that point in time. So there's a lot of moving parts to the quarterback situation. And I think I don't really expect anything to happen before the draft. And I think that will be the real trigger point and the telling point to all of us if the Vikings do not pick a quarterback in the first round or even the second round, if they can get a second round pick that they don't have right now because of the Hawkinson trade, but if they were able to move up and get a second round pick and draft a quarterback, Hey, Jalen Hurst was taken in the second round. Drew Brees was taken in the second round. We know Russell Wilson was taken in the third round, Joe Montana. But I think if they don't take a quarterback in the first couple of rounds, that tells me, that Cousins is their guy for the next several years, and they'll figure out a way to get the extension done. And we're, we'll get it much more into draft previews here in the coming weeks. But do you think any? I think there are really considered to be four really intriguing quarterbacks in this draft class. Do you think there's any chance the Vikings have a chance at any of them? I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, and I, I don't. I, I don't see. I don't see those top four guys: Young, Stroud, Levis, and. Anthony Richardson, I don't see those guys getting out of the top 10, but it's certainly possible. And then you got a guy like Herndon down in Tennessee that some people have felt is also a first round pick. And <clears throat> so he could be a guy that they could look at perhaps at, at 20 at 23. I, I think what really makes more sense to me is to get this cousin extension done at some point in time here and draft a corner, a cornerback or a, or a pass rusher in the first round, edge rusher, even though they they have a- added Marcus Davenport in free agency, but he's been an injury problem. We don't know what's going to happen with Darius Smith. They can still free up some money, I presume, by, by trading him. But there was a trigger point in his contract to guarantee some money. So I'm a little surprised he's still here even though he was a great player the first half of the season. And maybe they've decided, hey, we can manage his knee issues. We can manage his injury problems because he is a great player when when he's right. He was great that first half of the season. He was being talked about for defensive player of the year, as we all recall. And then the second half of the season, he has a half a sack. So one thing we know, you got to have pass rushers. You got to have people who can cover. 
And I think that's a bigger priority for this team than drafting a quarterback in the first round, unless they truly believe they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins, which I don't think that's the case. Right. And, and and we will get more into quarterback issues, league issues, Bears, Lions, everything else. But let's talk about something you just brought up. It felt like last Friday was a soft deadline for making decision on Dalvin Cook and Zedaria Smith. They're still with the team. Uh, the way I've read it from the outside is that means they want to trade Dalvin Cook and they thought it was worth giving them that bonus to keep him around so they you can wait, hope that a trade market arises for him. And it does make me wonder if they want to keep Zedaria Smith, who, along with Davenport and Hunter, would give you three potentially prime pass rushers and give you some depth of that position, also give you the ability to use Zedarius more as a situational player than an every-down player where, that seemed to wear him out. Uh, where do you think – do you think I'm right on those two cases? Yeah, well, I think in Dalvin's case, with Alexander Madison getting a new deal, even though it was not a real expensive deal uh, for – for Madison, even still, it, it kind of told told us that that they do want to trade Dalvin Cook and get out from under that that big contract. We've talked before about how running backs, the, the devaluation of running backs continues and it's getting worse <laughs> in the league. We saw Miles Sanders, a Pro Bowl back signs for six million a year uh, in Carolina. <clears throat> so it, it's it's tough to be a good running back these days and. And, and get that big salary, and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, you're being your con- contract's being scrutinized, and that's the case with Dalvin. He's still a good player, but we know his numbers have dropped a little bit, and he's had a lot of carries in his career. I think they do want to move him, and and yeah, they they did pick up that two million dollar injury guarantee that they may have had to do anyway because he had had the shoulder surgery. And so that they can still save about $6 million under the cap if they do trade him at some point or release him. So that could well happen at some, at some point in time. Meanwhile, they're kind of prodding along with the cap. We saw that they did a, a little extension for C.J. Ham to free up some cap room and, and making some other moves here and there. So the Vikings are, are in okay shape but not able to really make a big move right at this point. And, and maybe they figure – between Murphy and Josh Oliver, the tight end, and Davenport, that they've made their their free agency splash, and now they're waiting for the draft. We'll see. But, yeah, Zadarius, you would think it, it, it would be nice to have him as a luxury and, and manage his, his snaps and all that, but for that kind of salary in excess of, of whatever $15 million cap number, that's kind of expensive to have a rotational player. And and they still, there's not much conversation, Jim, about Daniil Hunter, but he still has to get some kind of th- adjustment to his contract this year. I think he's got only like a $5 million base salary, which that's not going to fly. And so Daniil's a guy that, that they definitely want to get extended. He's only, what, still 27, 28 years old, coming off double-digit sacks. And he's more of a priority than Zadarius. I would presume. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen still. And as we said, Cousins and Hunter, I think two are, are two of the big ones, along with Cook and Zadarius Smith. They, they were able to get that adjustment done with Harrison Smith, which w- was, I think, important, especially to Brian Flores to have that leadership back 
in the in the secondary under Kevin O'Connell, and and Harrison took a whatever six six million six point seven million dollar pay cut in the process, but he can make some of it back in incentives. <clears throat> I'm sure Harrison and his agent checked the market, and for a 33 year old safety, thinking, okay, I think we're doing okay here, and and we're going to resign, which they did. A lot more to get to, certain some looks around the league and in the division. We do want to thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk <clears throat> about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're a fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website. WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, you will see the March Madness sales event going on with a 3.9% APR offer for five years plus a $750 purchase allowance on Buick Envisions, 2.9% APR for five years plus a $4,000 purchase allowance and a $1,500 engine credit on GMC or 1,500 elevations with a high turbo output engine. The White Bear Lake Superstore, also the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. No down payments for, for 90 days on these new vehicles. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. If you like this show, check out all of our other shows. We have the Viking Update Show, taking more of a writer's view of the Vikings in the NFL. We have Russo, LaPanta, Lavelle, Roy Smalley, John Krasinski, uh, all kinds of stuff. We hope to be adding a new show here soon. We've added Joe Anderson, Mike Grimm on the Gophers, uh, Dave Lee. We have outdoor content. Check it out at talknorth.com. And again, if you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. So, uh Still, there's always quarterback intrigue. It feels like Rodgers is nearing a, or the Packers are nearing a, de- nearing a deal with the Jets to trade Rodgers to the Jets. Lamar Jackson is still in limbo. Uh, what do you make of those situations? How do you see them being resolved? Well, it, it's obvious that Rodgers is is uh, heading to heading to the Jets, and it was. I, I think it's kind of funny when when you hear all the all of his statements, shall we say, that I went into the darkness and I was 90% certain I was going to retire. Well, I think that is ridiculous. Lying. lying, lying. There's other words for it we won't use on the air, but he was never going to retire. We've talked about this before. He wasn't going to give up $60 million this year. He was not going to go into the same draft class as Tom Brady. No way. So give us a break, Aaron. And then he starts putting the pressure on the Packers and put, shifts the blame to them, saying, well, this deal could be done, but the Packers are trying to get more compensation. Well, why, why shouldn't they? <laughs> they? They're under no pressure to do this deal immediately because actually the cap hit on Rodgers would increase. Right now he's under a $31 million cap hit for this year. If they, if they trade him before June 1st, it goes to $40 million. So what what is the incentive for the Packers to do a deal quickly other than the fact that they want to do it before the draft so they can get a draft pick or two this year out of the deal? And 
from the Jets standpoint, they don't really need Rodgers in, in there until OTAs in, in May. So even though they'd like to get him in there, start learning the playbook, but I have a hunch maybe they already sent him the playbook. <laughs> so it's just a kind of kind of a, another interesting Aaron Rodgers hoopla going on. And I, I think he'll be traded before the draft. I've said before, I'm sure the Packers want to trade him for maybe a, like a second round pick, and it's not going to happen. The Jets, uh, the, or I mean, the Jets want to trade him for a second round pick, give a second round pick. The Packers want to get a first round pick out of this deal. I think it's end up being something like a two and a four this year and a one next year. Maybe if he plays over 50% or something to make sure he's playing. So it's going to take a first round pick, I think, to get this deal done. And I think eventually it'll happen. But I don't think the Jets are going to give up that first round pick this year. I think it'll be next year. And then that devalues that first round pick too. So I think the draft, around the draft, is when this thing's going to get done. That's really the hard deadline, in my view. Lamar Jackson, it's just a really kind of a strange situation because of his injury history and that he's a mobile quarterback. The teams are a little skittish on giving up two first-round picks for him. You would think there'd be somebody out there that would be kicking the tires on this deal, but he's had like no interest at all. And as you and I have talked before, people scream collusion, but I don't think it's collusion. I think it's really the fact that Lamar has been hung up on Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed $230 million contract and the fact that he's got this injury history that is really holding this up, which is why I think it does make sense for him to wind up doing a shorter deal, maybe a a three-year fully guaranteed kind of Kirk Cousins type contract where he's or close to fully guaranteed where he gets about 120 guaranteed on the deal, but it's a shorter deal. And so, so that Baltimore is not committing to 200 plus million dollars of guaranteed money on a guy who's been hurt. And also, by the way, has a one in three playoff record. So I think that's how those situations pan out. Meanwhile, I think it's been interesting, Jim, to watch, the Bears in free agency, they are making moves. We expected it because they had $100 million of cap room going in. And, wow, Ryan Poles, the GM, has been very active, signing a, co- a couple of really good linebackers and Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo, T.J. Edwards from Philly. He added Demarcus Walker, a, a pretty good pass rusher from Tennessee. Uh, on offense, uh, they, of course, they made the big trade with the first-round pick and picked up the the two first-rounders, the two second-rounders, and D.J. Moore, a three-time 1,000-yard receiver. I think the Bears have improved as much in the last couple of weeks as any team in the NFL. Maybe they'll be a worst-to-first team. Who knows? <laughs> they have a long way to go, but they've got a lot of picks to do it with, and now they've got the number nine pick in the draft overall. Can they get that impact pass rusher that they're looking for, or maybe even Jalen Carter slips down to number nine after after his character questions have, have cropped up because of the street racing ish incident in, in Georgia. So the, the Bears are, are really interesting. The Lions, too, Jim, are making some moves. And we know the Vikings have made a couple of moves in free agency, but these other teams ha- have their – have the bullseye on the Vikings to try to dethrone them in the, in, in, in the NFC North, but the Packers are not doing much because they're 
hung up on the Rodgers situation. Uh, the Bears obviously are making strides, at least in terms of perception uh, right now. What about the Lions? At the end of the regular season, people were really fired up about the Lions. Do you f- think they are? this offseason has moved them in the right direction? Yeah, I think it has. I think they've re- really done some good things in their secondary with that defense that was, whatever, 31st in the league. And they've really added some some pieces uh, defensively that, that have helped them. Cameron Sutton from Pittsburgh, a, a very good corner. They added a, a, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson from Philly at safety, who's a very good play, player, probably one of the top ten free agents. And so you look at those two guys coming in into uh, – into Detroit with a, a defensive pass rush that improved a lot last year with Aiden Hutchinson. I, I think the Lions are going to be better defensively, which they really were the last half of the season. And adding these two pieces as secondary, they are going to be right on the Vikings' tail this year. We, there's no, no doubt about that. Is it possible that by the time we get to prognostication season, middle of the summer, People are just speculating about what might happen in the upcoming NFL season. Is it possible that the Packers will be picked last in the division by some people? I think that it, I think it is possible. I think they'll still be picked ahead of the bears because the bears still have to prove it, that all these pieces are going to fit together, all these new players. But to me, I think when it's all said and done come next January, (laughs) the Packers could be the last place team. We'll see. It, that's going to depend on Jordan Love and how quickly he develops. If he comes on rapidly <clears throat> and they're able to add some more pieces in the draft and and possibly through free agency, but they're kind of stuck right now until they get Rodgers' <clears throat> situation resolved. So I'd say at this point, Green Bay is number three and could be number four. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, let's get a final Thought from Jeff. Of course, we're going to continue to talk about the draft, free agency, Vikings decisions. It seems like every week they are making news these days. For today, we'll get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Remember to subscribe to the show if you like it. And uh, thanks to everyone who has listened. Uh, Again, you go to TalkNorth.com, check out all of our shows and the archives of all of our shows, including the Viking Update show. Uh, Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, will give his final thought for today. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, We were talking about the Bears, and I was kind of focused on their defense, but offensively, they're trying to add some pieces to support Justin Fields, which is really important. He was the most sacked quarterback in the league, he and Russell Wilson last year, 55 times. And they added Nate Davis, a really good offensive guard from Tennessee. Also adding Dante Foreman. Lost David Montgomery to Detroit. I don't think that's a huge loss. Foreman also was a 900-yard rusher, a good player. And so along with D.J. Moore, they're adding pieces on offense and kind of an underrated signing Robert Tanyan, a really good tight end from Green Bay who had a couple of great seasons until he – he uh, hurt, hurt his knee and then came back last year and did okay. So the Bears are making moves. The, the last thing I want to talk about, Jim, is uh, because you and I didn't have a chance to talk about Bud Grant last week when you were yes. gone. And I, I did attend his, his funeral service, which was really a kind of a, a remarkable service. Uh, Fran Target and Jim Marshall spoke. Mike Grant, his son, the Eden Prairie coach, gave a, a, a really wonderful 
speech eulogy about his dad. And as I talked with Brandon last week, I worked with Bud for 10 years, have remained close to him ever since and, and very sad of his passing. And truly, I think the most, probably the most famous Viking as a hall of fame coach. Um, I, 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 as I said, it it was, it was a, a really moving service, um, last weekend in, in Eden Prairie and, and condolences to the grand family. Yes. I uh, think I appreciate you bringing that up. And let's have one more, one more thought on Bud. You, you, unlike so many people actually got to spend, you know, relaxed time around Bud. Give us, give us a, a picture of what he was like when you guys just sit around the office shooting the breeze. Yeah. Well, I, I think first of all, that as I, I talked about last week, that stoic, non-emotional Bud image is, is really not true. I, I saw I saw the emotion in Bud when Jim Marshall retired. I saw the emotion in him when I was fortunate to attend his Hall of Fame enshrinement. Gave, gave a very emotional speech that day, and and I saw just conversationally with him in the office and talking with him all the time and playing racquetball with him a couple times a week, and that that he. He was a, a, a good mentor for me, even when after he had retired and I took over his gym, I would he was always in the building. So I'd, I'd go down the hall. I'd, I'd kind of get his perspective on major player moves that I had to make. If it was a, a big contract signing of Chris Dolman or, or Keith Millard or, or Robert Smith, the running back who'd been hurt a lot. And his perspective was always great because he he had the experience and the knowledge and, and had so much involvement with player personnel. But uh, my, my personal favorite Bud story, I, I mentioned it last week was when I left the Vikings and he came to the office, made a special trip into the office and I was packing up that night. I, I think he'd gotten a call from my assistant and, and, but made a special trip in about nine o'clock at night, sat down, talked with me as I was leaving the Vikings organization I, I didn't know I was going to be hired as president of the Titans at that point, but but we had a really great talk about life and about family and about football, and he kind of boosted my spirits that night. Said, "Hey, you're going to get another opportunity," and which, which indeed happened. But I, I was always grateful to him for that particular night in in my life with him. That's great stuff. Thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. So, hey, once again, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We'll bring you more good inside stuff next week.